I just have one rule, no eye contact. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Rory. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the... Let's do this! (laughs) (laughs) And I'm done! (laughs) Great show, guys. All right, we'll talk to you again sometime. Yeah, bye-bye. Cool. Uh, Right, so what's everyone been up to then? Uh, Brett, you've been having fun. Tons of fun. Um, I am working on an animation for my next video. It should be done by today. Uh, but it's been, you know, 20 or 30 hours worth of building an animation and, and After Effects and Premiere. So it's a little ridiculous. It's It's been a bit of a drag and I've been kind of hitting my head against the wall doing keyframing and, and whatnot. But it should be fun. And then I'll get on to my next task, which should be that metal work we talked about last week. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Al, what about you? Um, I've, <laughs> I've had a ridiculous week. Um, <laughs> after last week talking about um, doing planning big projects and really getting stuck into them and how best to tackle them, I decided the best way was to completely fucking procrastinate, um, not actually start the project at all, and just do like a fake movie trailer for, <laughs> for the upcoming build. Um, <laughs> Which is fantastic, by the way. So yeah, I, I, I spent the weekend um, learning a Japanese song uh, <laughs> laying down guitar tracks, um, setting fire to the hack shack, <laughs> basically doing anything I could to avoid actually doing any fucking metal work. Yeah. Um, but I, I got the first part of the, the suit of armor built, so it's so gone. That, that, um, that when the the song in the video is that actually you singing all the way through? Yeah. Oh my god. That's, <laughs> that's so good. Got to avoid those copyrights, man. Yeah. That's brilliant. Nice work. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Rory, what about you? What have you been up to this last week or so? Uh, I've been working on an exterior fire... Wait. Exterior stove range... Uh, how do you say it? I always mess this up. It's a hood <laughs> for a stove, but they say, like, range hood? Uh, yeah, range hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah range hood. Yeah, yeah. For a very expensive barbecue that also has a metal backsplash and trim. And Ooh, nice. the guys, when they installed the... Uh, you know, the hood and the exhaust that comes out, it doesn't yeah. come straight up. It comes up at an angle and then goes right back up. So uh, ne- yeah. next week we're looking to install everything that I've made and then try to f- custom fit the cover of the exhaust. Nice. Sounds like fun. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiasm, Rory. Yeah. I'm trying to withhold it inside here, but yeah. I, <laughs> A lot of slow mo high fives at the end of the day. I'll say that. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. What about so you, Steve? What have you, you been working on? Uh, what have I been? I I I've been at work all week or ill, which has been oh. fun. Um, there's been a cold going around Jazz's work, and she managed to pass it on to me as well, which was really nice of her. Um, but today I went to a flea market with um, uh, my mate Nick and phil from uh phil makes things and uh and nobody else at all was there um but yeah it was really good uh i managed to pick up a couple of mini um like basically like mini uh leg vices but bench leg vices that they're, they're just really cool and completely useless and i'm never going to do anything with either of them but I'm are, just are they just ornamental them. or is it actually for like 
Oh yeah, no, tiny, no, they're actually... tiny, tiny metalwork. Yeah, they, they were, were there for tiny something, but <laughs> I just thought they looked really cool, and I couldn't say no to it. Um, one of them's uh, the spring's gone, so I got to take it apart and uh, forge out a new spring for it. But um, but yeah, that's it. Um, and then yeah, because where I've been either working or ill a week. Uh, yesterday, I kind of forced myself to go down the workshop with the idea being that it was just like even if I just go down and just sweep up that's something i just need to do something um and ended up going down there for like 10 minutes and spending about three hours down there and cleaned up an old saw completely reorganized the workshop and yeah it was good um yeah that's it so clean clean shop happy shop yeah (laughs) exactly oh actually uh steve on, on your point um meeting up with phil Yes. Um, I, I, did, I went to see Steve Maker yesterday in uh, in Hell uh, in Hull, <laughs> um, which was really nice. I went to see his workshop, um, and I've now got way more respect for him because uh, yeah. it's fucking tiny. I didn't realize in the <laughs> videos, um, it, and he's it's like really well organized. It's really cool. It's a really little cozy yeah. little workshop. So I'm really impressed that he gets all the stuff he does done uh, in there. Yeah. Uh, but it's really nice to go and see Steve, and went out for fish and chips, and yeah, nice. it, was, it was a good day out. Brilliant. Yeah. No, I must. I saw the little. Uh, the little video he put up um, <laughs> on Instagram, and I pissed myself laughing. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I probably should point out that it wasn't just me and Phil. Uh, Dan from Waffles Design was there, but he was a little bit upset because I forgot to mention the fact that I met up with him uh, last week before we recorded the podcast. So I was just going to leave him out completely. He's had his shout out. Exactly. He's had his time in the yeah, sun. He's, he's been spiffed, so I don't know <laughs> what he's talking about. And I put his daughter on here. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah so shut up dan cool uh should we move into our topic then which is uh how did we word it it's <laughs> so, nobody can see big steps re- it's the defining projects <laughs> yeah the, pro- I was the, pro- the, the project with... that defined you yes oh, sorry i was distracted by brett's face um <laughs> Yes, uh, projects and, and and things that you've done that have defined you. So, like, um, like the first time you sawed a bit of wood or made a nail or did whatever. So, um, yeah, who wants to uh, who wants to start with this one? Rory, uh, Rory. Yes, you're putting it Rory. Rory so guest, Rory. guest <laughs> <Yes>. of honor. <laughs> hmm. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> well. It's it's a little. I say it's a little complicated because uh, blacksmithing was a form of punishment growing up. So defining moments, ah, uh, gosh. <laughs> so, well, ex- excluding like growing up in the shop and with my father and in, you know, the the environment of Dragon Forge that it is. Yeah. And if it, people don't know who I am, I'm Rory. Inside of a family business called Dragon Forge, we're based out of Colorado, and we do high-end custom architectural ironwork in the form of railings and chandeliers, fireplace doors, you name it, we probably have done a expensive version of it. <laughs> so, but growing up in the shop, when I was 15, I got in trouble with the cops. And it wasn't so much a defining moment of a project, it was more of a defining moment of my life that really got everything involved in there long story short we stole a dump truck ran over a shed with it got busted by the cops <laughs> and owed them about seven grand or owed my father who paid the bill 
and then yeah, it took it took a few years. <laughs> that was definitely a defining moment. Wow. I think this is the second time I've heard that story, but it still gets. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic. Yeah. It's a classic. I mean, would you, so so in terms of defining moments, you what happened after that? You realized you needed to stop being an idiot and get back to work, or? Well, you know, I was I was 15, and I knew how the world worked, obviously. I thought course. I could uh, Grand Theft Auto it before Grand Theft Auto was here. And uh, my dad said, you're going to need to pay me back. Well, I grew up in a small town. Everybody knew who I was. Yeah. And I walk into the hardware store, and they just go, uh-uh. You know, oh, leave. Get out of here. So dad's like, well, you can, yeah. you can work at the shop for minimum wage, you know, and there's six other guys you know late 20s to 50 not only the boss's kid but i got in trouble with the cops <laughs> so there was a lot of uh paradigm shifting and maturing going on inside that shop there yeah but what happened is that it wasn't like i was doing you know shoveling holes outside that needed didn't need to happen dad put me to work and that's really where the the focus and the attention to detail were important because I was working in the shop and was working on my personal stuff and couldn't complain about anything. And because my father was my boss, I actually had to go home too. So anything bad happened in the shop <laughs> happened, yeah. brought, kind of came home with us as well. And then uh, I was about 22 and we walk into a pretty nice custom log house in <clears throat> We walk the staircase, and there's about 80 feet of rail, and the client wants traditional joinery as much as possible with rivets and tenons and what have you. And Dad hands me the notes and the pencil, and he says, here you go. And I was like, what do you mean, here you go? <laughs> and he said, you're going to build all of this. I said, awesome. I, I said, the hell I am. And <laughs> I was like, argue with him, because I was like... And, and a lot of it was the pressure was... The, this was going to be a parade house. So when some of these <laughs> high-end establishments, they have a a contest almost of who has the nicer house and people vote. We aim to be yeah. in those houses because that's the clientele that walks through them. Those are the clients that we want. Well, this yeah. was going to be a parade house. So not only you have this 22-year-old punk looking at <laughs> this $10 million home and going to do a railing, and then you have your father over your shoulder on one end, and then you have the client over the other shoulder there and you know did it well knocked it out of the park and uh yeah that that really was also a good reflection about my abilities and uh how much i gathered you know since the dump truck or even yeah. when i was a kid when i was screwing around inside the shop i was gonna say rory for that for, for him to just say that to you like this is your responsibility it must have been like a big you know a load of trust a load of respect for kind of how far you'd come and yeah. like you say, just a really good reflection on on your capabilities as well. Oh yeah, and it's also my. Or dad. he was just trying to fuck with you, and he was like, "Let's see." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and also with, with you know, you got not only pressure of your father, but your boss, and it's, yeah, and yeah. you do not want to disappoint. On top of the client paying money, and then the parade audience watching all of it too for. For the first solo one, it was, yeah, he, he threw me in the deep end, but I managed it. Yeah. See, I, the thing is, Mike, nowadays, my, that, my old man still won't trust me to do anything. Um, like, even to the point where uh, 
they've got an axe that needed sharpening. So I was like, I'll just take it home and do it and rehandle it because the handle's fucked. And he was like, oh, no, I, 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 I don't think you should. I was like, that fuck's sakes, I, I forged my own axe. Like, I think I can handle sharpening yours. <laughs> but, yeah, he, I think in his head I'm still 10, so. <laughs> I do like the, uh, the aspect of that that's, you know, since we're talking to blacksmiths, trial by fire, where it's very like, <laughs> this is putting you to the test, and, and this is where you figure out whether or not you're capable of handling the pressure and the, and the end product and the client um without either you know never having to do it before and really stepping up to the plate and realizing that once you finished it you had you had made that step right and going back to the show topic but it's like you've hit a new milestone in your own uh capabilities right and your own respect for yourself of saying like wow i did not think i was going to be capable of doing that and now wow like not only did i do it i hit a home run and the client's happy as hell yeah. yeah, and and it milestone with the relationship of, you know, with Craig, you know, now yeah. we have a a big, big staple there for trust, you know, did it, took measurements, and then the next one, could be a little bit harder, more difficult. For example, the the latest one was that I did a big, four sided eight foot by eight foot steel mantle that went around this stone fireplace, and he pretty much did the same thing. We we showed up at the park or at the park, at the uh, lodge. And there's this huge column in the room, and he goes, here's the blueprints, there it is. I'm going to be in the kitchen taking measurements. I'm like, what do you mean there it is? He's like, the mantle. <laughs> oh, like, oh, my gosh. And just, like, sat down on the unfinished floor while painters walked around me staring at this thing, like, how the f- am I going to do this? So, basically, if you want anything done, you just take Rory into a room and just say, yeah, just go, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it helps if you get him liquored up, but he'll eventually yep. get it done. Brilliant. So, would you say, like, that's... Because, obviously, you said about it being um, a, a form of punishment for you when you were first doing it. Like, is is that when it it stopped becoming a punishment and started being, like, oh, shit, this is what I'm doing, this is what I want to do, or, or, or whatever? Like, was there a, a definitive moment where, where it tipped from being one to the other, or was it a, so, suddenly you realized it? Yeah, and, that, you know, that's a great question because some... Some people have this story of they were, you know, romancing that I was born into it. And I was, you know, I was born with an anvil in one hand and a, sh- and a hammer in the other. And then they go into how they're always been interested. Mine was opposite. It was a blacksmithing business. You got in trouble. You went to work. Yeah. And then I got in big trouble, paid my dues back. So I'm 19, grew up in this small town my whole life. And I'm staring at downtown. I'm like, I'm going to get a degree. Screw this. Because this is yeah. the only thing I knew. So I went to an institute, a college institute, and thought I wanted to be a graphic designer, and they persuaded me to join the animation department. Seeing how animation is made and built and hand-drawn and frames per seconds to the software and the 3D animation to the 2D motion graphics, that's humongous. Graduated second in my class was really aiming to be a conceptual artist and then found out guys like me were a dime a dozen and hungry to work in that industry. And the recession, so I graduated late 2006, the recession was just starting to come to light. People were starting to talk about it. Put in applications, businesses are either aren't hiring or they're going out of business because of the economy. And uh, 
I did get offered one job in Detroit to animate kids' education videos for 20 grand a year. Hmm. And I'm like, mm, let me think. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and we at the shop, we have like quarterly meetings. We have a big one in the beginning of the year. So beginning of 2007, I told Dad, <clears throat> I can do your website. I can do your photography. I can do your whole branding. I said, I want to take all that over, but I also still want to be in the shop. And when he agreed to that, that's when I made the decision of this is my life. Yeah. I don't don't want to get sucked into the entertainment side. I know I won't be happy and fulfilled. I know my work will end up in the $5 bin at Walmart, and I'm, I can't live with that. Yeah. And then so th since then, it's been a big, big, huge push in that direction, not only just how to forge and working, but also the client side and the, the custom side that yeah. we are heavily involved in. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like the, the it's funny you say that about the fact that you don't want your um your work to end up in the the five dollar bin. Um, and then when you look at the stuff that's coming out of of Dragon Forge now, it's fucking incredible. Like I mean, you you said yourself, like it goes into the parade houses, like that that mantle you did, even on film and on camera, you can see just how massive and like in. in physically impressive that thing is um so it must be really nice to, to know that like 90 percent of the stuff you're making is someone's going to walk into a room and that's going to be the thing in the room that they look at and go fuck that's amazing and like that's that's the centerpiece of the room exactly and that's that's always been the goal is that you let the work do the talking and you're there to answer any questions for it yeah no that's really cool um so what about everyone else? So like, has anyone else got any good defining moments of of when you were like that, that defined you in terms of making or in terms of life itself? Yeah, Brett, go for it. Um, I'll I'll just jump on the bandwagon with Rory because it's such a similar story. Yeah. Um, not with the blacksmithing stuff, but uh, Rory, I I went to university for graphic design and illustration, took an animation class, thought that was going to be where my my you know money was going to be here where the breadwinner was going to come from anyway um i i couldn't believe how few jobs were available you know i graduated in 2008 and so there were no jobs available graphic designers were a dime a dozen animators after effects was still kind of in its early stages so you had to be proficient in maya or those bigger programs that we never even got accustomed to because i went to a relatively small school and i my first job offer was in las vegas to go and be a, a video editor and producer and i had done enough video editing just as kind of a hobby that it got me a job working ten dollars an hour in las vegas at age 22 so it all seemed amazing i was like i'm living the dream right now <laughs> and then you know three and a half years later i'd been working that job i as as milestones go or as these stepping stones that we're talking about go that was the first job that was my first career-oriented job that i had luckily you know i got it right out of college but by the end of it three and a half years later recession was in full swing especially online media, which we were trying to be at the forefront of, everyone got fired. Like 80% of that company got fired and it happened out of nowhere. And 
I had to go work a retail job because my buddy was a um, manager at Urban Outfitters. So I went and folded shirts. And it was the first time, you know, in my young days, it was the first time that I went, wow, I really thought I had it figured out. And then honestly, probably spent the better part of six months after that. I moved home. I had to move back in with my parents because I was flat broke. I, you know, I got another job as quick as I possibly could, but still not making any money. But pulled my bootstraps up and and over the next six months took a lot of like introspective what do I really want to do? Why didn't that go well? You know, how is it that I did all of this planning and it didn't work out? It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. But that ended up being like a huge defining moment of just, I've been through that. I've been broke. I was on unemployment, you know, until it ran out and I couldn't even get it anymore, which is why I had to move back home. Um, and it was the first of a few times that's happened since where I've had to hit a reset button. Like yeah. I thought things were going well and it, you know, life smashed me in the face with reality. <laughs> like that's not how easy it is and it doesn't work that way. Um, and then I started working on more creative projects or I started trying to figure out what I really wanted to do and then took a big step forward. Um, so that was one of those moments that in a very similar vein, I, I thought I was going to go be some successful graphic designer somewhere. And then turns out, that's not the way things went, <laughs> but it was a really good learning experience. You know, everything that came out of it, you know, helped the next step that happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's funny. Like, cause like what Rory was saying about, um, the working in the forge being a form of punishment, like growing up on the farm, um, like basically my, my old man was, um, he was the firstborn, um, son so he was very much uh with his dad like he was there to work he he missed um his the equivalent of gcse's whatever they were back then but like he missed them because dad pulled uh, my granddad pulled him out of school early because oh, he needed yeah something like that i, I think it was before that really? but anyway um yeah pulled him out of school early so like basically pulled dad out of school at 15 because he needed him to work on the farm to do this the silage harvest and and stuff like that and um and because dad's life was basically he was there to work for granddad and that was that was it he he desperately didn't want us to feel like that so he kind of actively pushed us away from doing anything on the farm like uh there's there was times when we'd help out but it was more kind of if you want to help out you can but you know you don't feel like you have to go out and enjoy yourselves and do whatever and um and part of me loved that because it meant I, I wasn't pressured into doing it but at the same time i wish that i'd done more of it because it's only it was only after working in an office for eight years that i suddenly went actually this is fucking bullshit and i'm so much happier working like with my hands doing something physical doing like, having that working getting outside dirty. yeah get, yeah basically getting dirty and um and so because of that like i i left um home and ended up working in bars and i had a bit of a party lifestyle for a few years like running bars and and working on doors and shit like that and like, the one thing that i did get from from dad was his work ethic and i think i've spoken about that before um so i went from working in bars to uh realizing that i was 
I can't remember how old I was at the time, but my housemate that I was sharing a house with, um, I went home for a few days over a Christmas period, um, came back, and my housemate had moved out. Like, all of his stuff was gone. Uh, he wasn't answering his phone. And I, uh, a few days later, got a phone call from the landlady, and it turns out he'd basically taken the last two months' rent and just disappeared. Yeah, um, and it was kind of that harsh reality of, oh, shit, everything that I have now has to pay this woman the rent that I owe her um, and I can't afford to pay them next month's rent so I have to give up the house and I have to sort something out and, uh, and I went from that I went actually you know what I don't I don't want to work in a bar and just party all the time anymore like I want to be able to pay my bills and, and earn rent I don't want to have to live with skivvy people that are going to take my money and spend it on drugs I'd rather like Either live by your own drugs. Yeah, exactly. your own drugs. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather live with someone that I know that I can trust, or I'd rather be able to afford to pay to live on my own sort of thing. And um, and so I ended up going like, oh, what what can I do that's that's going to pay well? That you know, I, I know I can do and all this. And I ended up working in um, like just doing temp jobs. Did that for about six months and landed this job in IT and just went, I can do IT. I, I know how computers work. And like. <laughs> went up through the ranks quite quickly because it's just logical th- thinking it's problem solving and um and that's why i ended up doing that and then i was doing that for so long and because i'd had in my head like my dad saying to me oh you've yeah you know, you've you've got to do this and you've got to make good money and, and, and everything else um i never really stopped to think about what it was that made me happy and uh and then i went through uh I did a couple courses. I did a blacksmithing course. I did a couple other bits, and I just started making stuff and realized that actually I I can go into work. And there was a a time when I was off ill for a, about a week. Went into work the next week and just didn't do any work. Like didn't do a single thing. Just sat at my desk and just browsed the internet because I still felt like shit. <laughs> and, uh, and I probably shouldn't have gone back into work, but I did it anyway. And um, at the end of that week, I was dreading it. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get such a bollocking because I haven't done anything. And nobody noticed. <laughs> like, and I, and I just kind of went, well, hang on. What? No, nobody's noticed that I haven't done a thing. And I just, I kept doing the same thing and kept going on and going on and just trying to see how long I could get away without doing any work. <laughs> and um, and all of a sudden realized, like, I'm getting paid. Yeah, I'm getting paid a lot of money, but nobody notices when I don't do anything. Like, if I wasn't here, then things would still tick on. Like I have absolutely no, um, no, there's no reason for me to be here, and and that was great in a way because I went like, oh fuck it, I can doss around at work and I don't have to do anything. I still get paid, yay! And then that very quickly became, I have no value here whatsoever. Like I I don't put any ink in, and it was like I, I think a combination of that and. The, the realisation from when uh, my housemate skipped out of me made me go I don't like not being in control of my own my own say destiny it, but, but yes yeah. <laughs> uh, but like I don't like being not being in control of my life and I don't like the fact that if I'm not doing my job nobody notices like I want to be in a position where if I'm not pulling my weight someone turns around to me and says what the fuck are you doing and uh and that's what kind of pushed me into going actually I don't want to work in an office where I'm just a drone I want to work in a small workshop where you know I, I get on with the people that I'm working with and we can work together as a team and there's that input from everyone and 
if if not all the cogs are working, then the machine stops something. I want to be a, a vital part of it, and um, and yeah, I think that was kind of like a defining thing for me to realise that I don't want to just be a number. I want to be. I'm not a number. Wire. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it. go for it. Al. Um, no, I, th- I think uh, you raised a really good point, Steve, about about work ethic, and it's something you know. Brett's just busted his balls for like <laughs> a, a thirty second animation because yeah. he, he's he's got that work ethic, um, and it's something I really get from you as well, Rory. This um, this fantastic yeah. attitude towards putting in the fucking graft. Um, you know, at first glance, you can kind of look at your Instagram feed, and it can be like these these kind of motivational things, but actually, they're real kind of kicks up the ass. Like yeah. when I look at your Instagram, Rory, it's it, it really does get me out of bed, and it really gets me moving in the morning. Get I don't know if it's work. deliberate. Yeah, like it, it it really it's really inspiring. It's like tied to what you do, and it's just about having a really fucking good attitude to, towards work but also good work as well you know putting in the effort and it and it, and, and it the rewards you get out of it as well so although it might have started as as punishment and torture i can it ended up with you just being badass basically <laughs> well I'm, I'm glad the interpretation's that way because i read other people's instagram or like be the and just copy the, and copy that quote yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one Ooh. and frank with that <laughs> no they're like you know be the light or yeah. some flower in the field. And it's like, oh, come on, get back to work already. And, exactly. And it also is kind of fueled by the employees that we hire. Probably the past five years, the guys coming through the shop, when it comes to when the rubber meets the road to get to work, they really don't yeah. want to do it. So then you have my personality kind of making fun of them about, you know, <laughs> you done going to the bathroom? Are we going to get this railing done yet? Yeah. Well, I guess so. <laughs> then they quit and then I have to hire somebody else and then circle of life yeah yeah I mean I think, that I think that's things... called I, that's referred to as quality control I believe. there you go <laughs> yeah that, that was one of the things when, uh, when I used to work on bars is if if someone couldn't survive a single shift with me then they were no good for the pub and they just weren't going to Karen working sort of thing and it, it was it was the just Steve that test like, yeah. yeah the initiation <laughs> he's gonna hang out with Steve see if he's here yeah. tomorrow and uh and the, the the main reason was because before and during every shift I just have a shitload of fizzy sweets and about three cans of Red Bull and just be buzzing my tits off and be like right let's go to work let's go <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was great and the uh... thing is, is if people couldn't keep up that energy and like because um, obviously, with content creation, you've got to have that personality and you've got to have that energy that you're putting into um, putting into your videos, so that people react to that. Because if you just stood there static, going, "This is how you strike. This is how you do a taper," like no one's going to be interested. No one's going to care. If you put some personality and some enthusiasm and some energy into it, then it's great. But and it's the same with working on a bar. If you're just static serving a drink, like what, what kind of get you? There you go. That's ten pound, please. Like, it, nobody's going to ever remember you. You're not going to ever going to get tipped. Whereas if you, you know, you're, you're creating a bit of drama and action and, and pantomime there, then the people remember you. They they they're going to go. Let's go to that place again. It was I had a really fun night because the yeah. barman was throwing bottles at the other barman or whatever. The experience. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Man. And I think that's not just going through the motions. It's... Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I think that's again that kind of comes back to content creation of. You need to be more than just 
making something you need to to have that energy and that enthusiasm to it and i think that's something that comes through with with uh with rory's videos is the fact that you you can see that you enjoy it and that you're not just doing it for a dollar you're doing it because you enjoy it let's just be clear too like i'm not going around the shop going well good morning everybody <laughs> let's do this, let's do this. <laughs> no it's more like oh fuck it's 8 30 i need to get to work <laughs> don't don't ruin the the illusion, yeah. Bobby. I mean, no, that's I, I'm high fiving everybody at the end of the day with the door, like, yeah, go, 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 go home, smashing, take a nap. smashing paychecks into a bucket, yeah, <laughs> lighting them on See, fire and throwing them across the shop. Catch your money, catch your money. Oh, <laughs> uh, brilliant. <laughs> so, Al, what about what about you in terms of, of milestones or stepping stones that you kind of ran into? I mean, yeah, I mean. With you guys, it kind of sounds like like stepping stones, more like kind of chain reactions about things yeah. that lead on to the next thing and then lead on to the next thing. For me, it was the exact opposite of that. It was just random fucking occurrences throughout my life. Um, for some reason, I've got a, I've got a really terrible memory of my childhood. I don't really remember anything before sort of like eight you hit years your old. head a lot. I, I did hit my head a lot um, before sort of eight. I don't really remember much, um, but I just I, I have like a like maybe I can count on one hand like memories. Um, but one of them was um, working out that there's no Santa Claus. Basically, I, I was like, I, <laughs> I, I, I bought my. I'm um, oh, sorry, Steve. <laughs> um, I bought my parents like a Christmas present, and and then I was like, well, "Where's mine?" And they're like, "Oh, we we didn't get you one." I was like, "What do you mean you didn't get me one? Why not? I got you one." And then it just like this little sort of ticking went over in my kind of six year old brain. I was like, "All oh, right, I get it." All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, in the um, heart. <laughs> but it's just it's little things like that like um you know the first time that you work things out like the first time i made fire as a kid like i just took like a, a a magazine outside and i took a magnifying glass and i made fire and like part of me was like the adrenaline and the fear and i was like oh no i'm gonna get in trouble but then the like the the kind of the the, the gorilla part of me you just unlock this moment and i was like yes no nothing can stop me like I'm, look what uh, i have created yeah. all right i just like stomped around the house for <laughs> um and it's just just this, like just these random moments throughout my life like um i remember at school i had a physics teacher and he gave us just some really simple apparatus and he went go outside and look through this lens um and he had a little filter on it and basically it was to, to, to refract the light into the different wavelengths and it showed the, the, the red spectrum basically and you looked up and you could see the, the red shift and basically the red shift is it's kind of like the Doppler effect so when a, um, yeah. an ambulance goes past and he goes Nino, Nino, Nino. it's the same thing with light um, and basically it just proved that the universe is expanding Yeah. so like just a kid in a playground with just a piece of plastic basically and a black bit of card I just proved that the universe is expanding. <laughs> and, mind and, blown. And it, just, it just blew my mind. I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like, the, and then from from then on, it was just like, right, what else? What else needs needs taking apart? What else can yeah. I destroy? What else can I find out how it works? Um, and each time I do it, I kind of get more and more obsessed with the workings of things, the why of things, um, and that's what's always been defining me. So even like, you know yesterday starting some metal work never done it before never worked, like work with aluminium in this way and sheets and, and and hammering stuff and i was like fucking hell now i can do this and and and, and it's just this, this it's more like um not really defining moments but just like working things out so like yeah. unlocking things so finding the truth behind things seems to be what kind of defines these little these milestones in my life yeah like stealing dump trucks 
like just like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the real story at the end of all this you know what happens if you steal a dump truck yeah. <laughs> you, you end up famous. working it's in a brilliant. forge and being a blacksmith the rest of your life but right? you had to you had to work out and steal it so that would have been yeah. the bit that i would have taken out of it you know, ah, how, you how to hotwire it yeah premeditation <laughs> Oh, brilliant! <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, see, I um, I quite like that it's not a a, a single like lightning strike moment for you. It, it, the fact that it was just that gradual build up, and and I guess with mine, like it, I, although there was a couple of um, uh, like not defined, but like big impactful moments. None of it was like uh, it, there was no like the heavens opened and there was angels singing and all that it it was always just kind of like ah shit this is a really bad and i think that's the thing is it wasn't um this is what i want to do it was i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) and it was kind of realizing the things i don't want to do before i realized what i i did want to do and um it was more for me it's for me it's more about kind of the gravity in these little moments yeah like it, it it's what i took from them so it wasn't necessarily anything like a cool pub story to tell like Rory's yeah. where you've got like you know like some real <laughs> drama and something that kind of you know could could really um, set you up for a different different story and a different path for me it was just the, the in, it was quite selfish but like the inner gravity that I found from these different situations yeah. um, whether they're funny depressing you know scary um, enlightening or whatever exciting it was just that that's that's kind of what's defined me well yeah. totally and you got you got all these stories of common curiosity an interest and some of them well, I guess all of us being some have to be satisfied with ourselves about what we're doing rather than taking in all of the generic garbage that we see online on television yeah. on entertainment but taking that next step and how does that work how do you burn that how is the universe expanding and proving that concept yeah. and how to steal a dump truck and getting in trouble <laughs> and changing your life but yeah that, that constant bettering yourself and, and yeah, keep yeah. pushing forward. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're all effectively driving our own dump truck through our own sheds. You know. <laughs> all I, all I can the... think of is Die Hard. Since, since you started that story, <laughs> all I can think of is just. Well, it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, mother. <laughs> yeah. I I I think we've touched on it a couple times in in some past episodes, but one of my favorite kind of self analysis things that I do fairly regularly just to kind of keep myself in check is um recognizing the good and the bad right it's it's what we're talking about it but there are certain situations that went absolutely terrible that are just as defining and and kind of self-life altering as the good ones are you know you have an amazing success you take that and you push forward with it you have a horrible horrible situation happen that just completely devastates you you should also have the exact same reaction to drive the hell out of that thing. You know, being absolutely broke and and feeling like my life had no direction, all that did, it took a little bit of force to to sit kind of with myself and go, don't do this, get out of this. What's it going to take to get out of this? Now it's it's become this thing that any time, any regularity of things going bad or any financial situations that i may get myself into of like oh no i don't know if i'm going to be able to swing bills this month it's never it's never really that bad and i've already done it five times 
Yeah. So now it's all it's it's like easy for me to just go oh, piss off, you know. I I can totally <laughs> drive straight through this shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's and I think it to not sum up, but to kind of connect it all. I think it's it's all about um, it. it well, it seems like all of us have got to the point where it's it's about being able to kind of have have control o- over things ourselves and be able to and be responsible for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I mean that's like Rory knowing that actually you know you can go in and you can not only price up but you can work out and you can do everything from the ground up for a build and and Brett that's that's knowing that you know shit if everything does hit the fan then I can still survive I can still get through it I can still go on Al with you it's knowing that you yourself can prove that the universe is expanding and that you, this is this is happening. And that, yeah, you I have a black card fun. and a lens. Yeah, and exactly. Al's beard. Like, I'm going to prove this. And that's the thing is it's about being um, being able to 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 be in control basically, and and to know that you're not at anybody else's mercy, and to know that if if the shit does hit the fan, if if everything goes to pot, then you can you can walk away from that burning building and you know start again you can you can you have those uh those skills and, and that knowledge to be able to to um to restart and to to be able to live your life sort of thing can i uh, totally change my answer yeah <laughs> it, it was the first time i made yorkshire puddings oh my god i love <laughs> yorkshire puddings because you're like you're like you've got this like pancake batter right, and you've just got an oven, and then like you, you, you're thinking this isn't going to fucking work, right? There's no way these are going to come out, and then yeah. they, and you sit and watch it through the like through the oven door, <laughs> and they do, and you're like, I am fucking Gordon Ramsay, right? <laughs> the universe is expanding via is, my yeah. pancakes. <laughs> so are my fucking Yorkshire puddings, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's a that's... universe. It's like Men in Black. There's a universe inside my little Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> that's, that's that's my defining moment. There's a little it, altars it, it, of you in their little pancake universes. No! There you go. <laughs> With little red mojitos. It honestly, it, it felt, um, I had a really strong moment like that. And, and Rory, you were probably quite a bit younger the first time it happened for you and, and Steve. But the first time I made something out of metal with like, here is a straight flat piece of crap metal. I'm going to go put this and get it really, really hot. And then I promise if I do that long enough, I'll get something out of it. That moment was insane to me because before I had even attempted blacksmithing or any type of metalworking, I saw it. I ingested a lot of it. And I was like, there's just no way. That doesn't make any sense how you can twirl it and, and do that. It's made of steel. Steel doesn't do that. Steel is rigid. And then the first time I made you know, an S-curve in the first blacksmithing class, I remember just going, holy shit. <laughs> that took 20 minutes and a couple of heats, but I made an S out of a straight piece of metal. That is really neat. And it was a... Oh, beautiful, Steve, for all of our visual <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah. <laughs> so I just did a bit but, of a Bill Lutz. Like the, like the, uh, the puddings, you know? You're like, yeah, this, there's no way. There's no way this is going to be this easier. This, this is going to work out this way. And then the first time you do it... <laughs> You feel like a wizard. You're like, I have, <laughs> I have used fire to create a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for me, like the first time I, not necessarily made something out of metal, but I think it was the first time I ever fixed my own car. Yeah, I had a, I had a piece of shit Ford Escort that constantly was breaking down, and um, and I think I only had the car for 
eight months and I replaced the exhaust on it four times. But I replaced the exhaust myself. I didn't have to take it to a shop. I could. Yeah, that, that, that's why you had to replace it four times. Steve. <laughs> no, I had to replace it four times because it was a <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and and uh, then the um, the Astra that I had after it, um, the beautiful Disaster, it uh, oh nice yeah it was, it was great Mark three diesel Astra that was just it, the thing wouldn't die, um, and uh, and there was like lots of little things that went wrong with that like the the um, the fuel pipe on it kept uh, like we would every now and then it would just ping off, and it was getting to the point where it was like I know that um, that I can I can stop I can pull over and I can I can fix it I can I can put that pipe back on I know where that pipe goes and it was having that that self-confidence to go actually I don't need to get someone else to do this I can I can do it myself like I can when the car stops on the side of the road I can open the bonnet and I can I can go to work and and, and do it nice Rory. Do you guys ever have a, a vehicle that like takes you to school? Absolutely. Like you got, it has a little thing. So yeah. after the dump truck experience, yeah. I had a truck, which my dad had to pay for, which we added to the black hole debt, as we called it. <laughs> and I ended up wrecking that truck. And then I got this POS Toyota. Now, I had an 82 Toyota pickup. had a 22R. Nice. And then I had an 86 Toyota, which takes a 22RE. What does that mean? 16-year-old Rory doesn't care. <laughs> the truck I wrecked had a fresh motor in it. So my dad said, all right, you need to put this motor in the 86 because the 86 motor was trash. Okay. Yeah. Take the battery out, and I just clip all the wires around the motor. <laughs> <laughs> I pick it up. I put it back into the other truck, and I'm staring at my mess and going, oh, no. My dad comes up and says, oh, what have you done? <sighs> so then we had to take a hot wire, one wire at a time, find out what turns on the signals, the horn, the whole thing. <laughs> Get the truck re rewired, but I could not get the alternator to work. So I go to the junkyard. I buy five alternators. I plug them in, and there's only like four different ways that I'll hook up this alternator. I burn through all the alternators. So now it's like if I want to drive the truck, you turn the radio off, hope it doesn't rain. If you're going downhill, turn the truck off because it's just running off of the battery. And I have a charged battery with me inside the cab. But the other things in this truck is like every time I turned left, the horn would go off. <laughs> well, I live in a small mountain town going through canyons, so you'd be <laughs> and then one day I'd end up getting stuck, you know, pulling over, finding the, yeah. the the wire for the horn, taking that off. And then going home the uh, one day the uh the truck started like shaking, like the whole truck. And I'm yeah. hanging on the steering wheel thinking, This has nothing to do with the motor, like why is the truck <laughs> shaking so violently? Well the drive shaft had uh there's four bolts that held the drive shaft and only one stayed on. So as everything was spinning, the drive shaft oh. was doing another rotation, causing the whole truck to spin. <laughs> so I, I'm at school and tell my friend, can you follow me home? Something's not right with my truck. We go up this big mountain, come over the top, and I'm like 55, and it's like deafening inside. And then everything goes, Choosh, and the truck is just like streamlining. It's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Redline with the animation. It's just yeah. like, Whoosh. yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and all of a sudden, all this noise just grinding going on. And I pull over. My friend comes out. He's yelling, oh, my God, the sparks were everywhere. It's covering my car. What happened? <laughs> and the drive shaft is laying on the ground there. Oh, my gosh. But talking about projects and cars that take you to school, you learn yeah. along the way. I would never relive that it, that terrible piece of crap truck. <laughs> Uh, you should try. But now you lived right through it. Now you lived through it. Yeah. And the next one won't be near as intimidating. Like if the radio just stops working on a truck, you're like, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> or I freak out. It's happening again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna have flashback tremors, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant. But um, cool. Uh, should we move into the people that we think that are spiffing? Right, so uh, I think I'm going to go first this week, um, and my spiffy for the week is someone that I'm sure everyone has already heard of. Um, it's Mr. Andy Berkey, because he's uh, he's now doing a weekly um, vlog thing because he's basically he's working too much to be able to do a build video every so often um so it's quite cool seeing him just doing a vlog and and talking to everyone and going through everything um, berkey on a shop stool yeah yes. that's it yes. yeah uh if you're not familiar with berkey he's a you're an idiot yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> um, he's a really really talented bloke um he makes his living is basically he makes a living from being a maker he makes all sorts of shit um he does uh, some quite interesting restoration projects and things as well um and one of the things i love about berkey is the fact that he's really really keen to embrace uh, new technology um he's he's got the the shape at origin which is this weird little like handheld cnc router thing um that's really cool uh if you don't know what I'm talking about then go watch one of his videos because he explains it all and it's really cool to see it work um, but yeah no, he's he's a really really great guy he's a really uh, big proponent of, of the maker community and, and of, um, of sharing knowledge and sharing experience with everyone else and uh, and yeah he's uh, he's fucking great so agreed that, yeah that's but that's Berkey for you honestly probably one of the nicest people I've met in the community so far in terms yeah. of just like support genuinely good vibes good attitude yeah. he's just he's awesome to have as as part of the crew yeah definitely so uh, yeah i think uh, i think murky is spiffing so so go uh al you're up next yes um the person that i think is spiffing is jake thompson and um, i don't know if you know him he's uh he's an american guy and he's got a shop called Northside customs oh yeah um so he does commercial work, but he also does um, really like awesome sort of personal builds and, and project builds. He does a lot of stuff for the community. Um, he's uh, he's just finished making a TARDIS that was um, a bookshelf for a kid. It was like a wardrobe nice. uh, with a TARDIS door, and then basically the TARDIS melted into the wall. So he's kind of like, because it wasn't big enough to be a full-size yeah. TARDIS. So it's just really, really clever, really smart. Nice. Um, but he's always got a really nice story to tell. But he's really, really into the community stuff. You know, he's reach, he reaches out to everyone around the world. Um, in his shop, he has like um, 
sports flags from different teams from all, all kind of people that follow him. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's, just, he's always got like little bits in his videos that's referencing the community and the people that he's met along the way. And he's just a really nice guy. Um, and he's he's also got a lot of he jokes around a lot, but he's also got a lot of sort of heartwarming stuff on his channel. He's 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 successfully been the only uh, YouTube video that has brought me to tears um, oh. <laughs> just with, with one of his builds and it's a fantastic he's just a really really good bloke um, yeah. but some of the work he does is really really beautiful as well so awesome. if you don't know Jake ask Jesse go and check him out cool alright I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to put uh, Northside Customs Jake Thompson brilliant yeah we'll put him in the show notes and everything so uh, go check him out cool uh, Brett about you yes uh, you? so this week I am veering off course from from makers again sort of i mean they're they're still makers they make stuff um i have been surrounding myself with music to kind of keep me going during the animation 8-bit crazy stuff that i'm working on and i've been listening to anamanaguchi for a few years and they play they play live shows and they're an actual band that creates this music, but it is absolutely just like 1980s video game made into, you know, these beautiful full scores. And there's yeah. no, there's no lyrics or anything usually so or no vocals. So yeah. it's really awesome to work to. It's like always pretty upbeat. And yeah. when I'm working on a 16 bit game or an eight bit game animation, it just kind of like keeps me driving. I'm like, yeah, that song is great. I'm gonna. And then, what if somebody fought to that song? And then you could, yeah. So, yeah. I love their music. Uh, they do have a YouTube channel, so we'll get them in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but you know, find them on whatever your music app is. They're, yeah. they're just super fun to listen to. And if you grew up in the same kind of nerdery and and generation that that we all did, um, definitely worth a listen if you haven't. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to their Spotify account or something again as well because they're uh, they're a band that I listen to a lot when I'm doing uh, project work um, for the IT stuff because it's really good. It's it's like video game music because you can just <laughs> put it on and just go at it and it's just well, there keeping you like keeping your energy up. NES video game or Sega or PlayStation <laughs> like which um, grocery which store oh. arcade box. It, it's probably more NES and Sega. Nice I'd say. roots because it. Because uh, are they that should road rash? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did the uh, they did the soundtrack to Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so shut the front door. Really? Yeah. yeah that's where wow. uh, they gained a lot of popularity. Is they yeah. got used a ton in Scott Pilgrim, yeah. and. And the Scott again, like go watch that movie it's the whole it's the whole vibe right like yeah if you were if you were an 80s kid or a 90s kid playing nintendo sega snes whatever it was it's it pulls at the heartstrings while also making you feel super awesome about yeah. everything a little eight bit yeah. tear goes down my cheek <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> brilliant cool uh right rory i i can't you? remember the guy's name but he's actually a performer and what he does is he takes he takes animals and he takes their hides and he prepares them and he he puts them in this deep hole and he gives them a lot of moisturizer and sometimes shoots them with water to really soften up the material and uh you know if you guys know who i'm talking about i just i can't find it's hard to to search for this on google but once he skins them he actually puts them on him and he pretends to be them and it's incredible i mean talk about pulling at the heartstrings i was like look at this performance 
So it's like cosplay. Exactly. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all day. <laughs> For people who don't know, I'm talking about Wild Bill from the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Does he have a YouTube channel? <laughs> oh, good lord. I haven't even looked that up. I bet he probably does. <laughs> I tried to follow his career when he turned into a cop uh, ah. on the Monk show. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Definitely a fork in the road. The other one I had was Iron Man for a, a POW maker who was held hostage to design weapons for the enemy, but designed his own suit to escape. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about using his resources. The man is incredible. Uh, <laughs> uh, for for a legit one, it's actually a book, Thomas Wilson's Ironwork Notebooks. And if you want to get inspired by somebody and just their renders of possibilities, oh, awesome. this covers everything from furniture to signs to railings. Uh, his style is very, I guess we could say, kind of gothic. Yeah. The thick metal, yeah, big joints, big bold movements, and yes. it's it's a different way of approaching the material and thinking about how can we manipulate the metal instead of just stretching it and twisting it. He he does some tricky stuff. Yeah. But it's a big book too. And he's yeah, he's yeah. a very interesting gentleman and I believe still alive. Yeah, cool. I'll check that one out. What was the name again? Sorry? Thomas Wilson's Ironwork Notebooks writing that down because I want that into the show notes yeah. and I'm not I'm yeah. and I'm not being sponsored to promote this either so <laughs> I'm jealous I think, actually I, I, episode. I wish this was my book <laughs> yeah I think pretty much everyone knows that nobody's ever going to sponsor anyone on this show so it's <laughs> you never know to be like hey Brett <laughs> man, yeah. mention me and I'll yeah. slide you a PayPal donation brother <laughs> like, hey, I really like that dumb animation you did where you did something that looks like it's 40 years old. It's great. It's, it's good, dude. It's good. Give it some more. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're American, Americaning too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's wrap this one up. Uh, anyone got anything else before we go into the where Evan can find us? I, I have something to say. You guys are doing a great job. Yes. I love the content that you talk about and how you approach it and how you deliver it. This is not just <sighs> silly bullshit, you know, and you guys have a, a good intention. And, you know, thank you again for inviting me to be part of this. Uh, yeah. Thank, thanks, thank you, Rory. Yeah, yeah thanks um, for coming on. That means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to take that. little eight bit tier. I'm, I'm English and we don't take compliments. It's <laughs> yeah. that's it. Now I have to now I have to make an eight bit Rory with a tear <laughs> and just make a looping gif of, of Rory crying. It puts the lotion <laughs> in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, uh, but but no, honestly, Dan, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. No problem. But uh, and hopefully we'll get to see some more of you in the fall. Uh, cool, right. He uh, means autumn. Yeah. Well, I, I said fall because I... All right. Wicked pisser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Rory, where can everyone find you on the interwebs? If you want to see what my job is like, 
Wait, let me back up. If you want to see the family business, go to Dragon Forge LTD, Larry David, David, Larry, <laughs> Larry Todd David. Oh my God. Dot com. That's the family business. That's where I spend most of my time. And then DirtySmith.com has tutorials and Dirty Smith swag. And then on YouTube, forward slash Dirty Smith, you can see my YouTube content. Yeah, and I definitely recommend everyone goes and checks that out if you haven't already seen it because it's sub- really cool. Subscribe and say nice things yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, Brett, where can everyone find you and say nice things to you? Uh, in uh, Dimension B13, <laughs> searching for Scully. I miss Scully so much. Didn't, didn't she too. have a baby, like an alien baby or something? <laughs> Wrong story. Oh, damn it. I was going to say it in the corner. Sorry. Uh, YouTube.com slash Brett McAfee. Instagram, Skull and Spade 13. Yeah. And then my website with shop swag stuff, Skull and Spade.com. Yeah. Go check out Brett's shop. He's got yeah. awesome t shirts. Really, really cool t shirts that me and Jazz absolutely love. And genuinely jazz hasn't stopped wearing hers since they're so soft yeah she it's starting to smell bad and i keep telling her to wash it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, they're gonna break yeah. in so nice though oh, oh they're, they're so good like i i'm genuinely jealous of that uh that gold flake print uh al where can everyone find you uh other than in a japanese karaoke bar <laughs> you'll find me uh, <laughs> you'll find me on uh, YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Isles Hackshack and you'll find me on Instagram at Isles Hackshack and you'll find me <laughs> you'll find me uh, with Soph and Joe at Maker Fair and I need your toys so if anyone in the UK has all broken toys give me your fucking toys just give me them he, where does yes, he get he all these wonderful you toys you don't need that yes. kid give me it have you, Al, have you got a, a, an address that we that I can put up for people to send them to? Or? That's a very good idea, Steve. Yeah. I will, ma- I will ma- arrange said, said thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe sort out like a PA box or something so that Ooh, good idea. weird people can't stalk you and stuff. Yes. Because that, that's Take basically ready. all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Steve, where can everybody find you? <laughs> uh, if you want to get hold of me, uh, if you can look on YouTube and Instagram for Moonshine Metalworks. Or you can find me in the Fools with Tools Facebook group. Uh, go join up, answer the questions, have fun, party, take the piss out of our... It's all good. Um, everyone go there and interact. We're all there. Even Rory's there. Like All the cool kids are there. <laughs> uh, even Redsmith. Even Redsmith is there. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you want to get hold of the show notes or anything else you can go to www.fwtpodcast.com and if you want to find us on instagram we are at fwtpodcast and if you want to email us and send us some ideas abuse whatever uh you can find us at hello at fwtpodcast.com we are also on patreon i don't know if we've got a specific link but go on to patreon type fools with tools into the search bar and you'll find us cool uh i think that's it so yeah, we say goodbye. Thank you, Rory. Thank you, Rory. Thanks, Rory. Bye. 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 I was muted. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's my time. <laughs>